Claire patrons are already lining up to make some jokes, so I won't linger on this too long, but we might as well do the opening. Um, is the inspiration for this episode to generate fan fiction? Is there, can you, can you come up with a, a prison drama <laughs> where Harry Kim is working his pipe the entire time mm. and they're trying to get up a group of, a group of angry men are standing around the chute expecting something to happen from it. I mean, it's, it's like, I don't even, I don't even see any inspiration, but it's like watching, opening this and just seeing the title. First of all, the shoot is a weird word. You don't see shoot yes. in a lot of contexts yeah. and it's, it's weird yeah. to see it there. And it's just, it seems like it's so riddled with metaphor, but the episode itself yeah. Yeah. is not about anything like that. So it's just kind of a neat, weird, <laughs> like layered, unintended consequence that I, I imagine spawned a thousand fanfics. Well, I can tell you exactly what it's about. It's about a weekend that I spent with a bunch of men when we all had the clap. <laughs> and we just all walked around talking about how the clap was driving us nuts. It said, ah, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much clap this episode is going to get from the patrons, but we'll see. It's the third episode of the third season of Star Trek Voyager. It's called The Shoot. Came out on September 18th, 1996. Teleplay goes to Kenneth Biller. Story credit goes to Clavon C. Harris, directed by Les Landau in Universe Date 50156.2, which was 2373. In this one, Harry Kim and Tom Paris are found guilty and detained in a prison where a neural implant gradually drives the inmates mad. All right. So, um, well, I, I was... Uh, I had an interesting reaction to this episode. I, I don't, I, I think, mm-hmm. I think I could argue both ways for this one. Um, so I'm going to start off with the biggest problem that I have with it, which is that it took, uh, it takes a pretty interesting idea for 80% of it, but it frames it in probably what's quickly becoming my least favorite Star Trek trope <laughs> that they do which is something that Enterprise would end up doing every third episode, which is like the prison planet wrongfully imprisoned oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't like the setting for this stuff. Like, I re- And it feels like... Not enough men for you, not, Wes. Not, not, not enough strong men <laughs> hanging around each other, leering. I, um, I, I don't feel like this was that big of a, an idea in TOS, TNG, and DS9. But I feel like... Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's as the franchise is getting older and it's harder to generate concepts. Ideas like Prison Planet become popular because it like instantly gives you a conflict that you can then put a sci-fi trapping on top of to make it sure. unique. Yeah. And I think that by the time they got to Enterprise, they even stopped with the sci-fi trapping stuff and they were just like, this is just an alien planet with guards and you have to figure out how to get out of it. So right. I appreciate Voyager that it's, it's definitely falling into this frequent, like, wrongful imprisonment thing because this is not our first Voyager episode where this has been the case. Um, but they do have a pretty interesting sci-fi trapping on this one. However, they also abandon the sci-fi trapping about 80% of the way through. So I'm left at the end going, I wish that this had been about more about that trapping that I liked at the start, which I'll get more into detail. But that's my general takeaway. I was really up and down on this one. And I feel like I could argue either way for whether or not this is a really good or really bad episode. So I'm curious what you think. Yeah, yeah you know, um, it is, uh, 
it is a strange go-to that they keep going to going to the prison planet thing and it's like i i wonder if it's a well i i I wouldn't say this in regards to enterprise but like i wonder if it's a if it's a result of you you kind of have the the point is that these guys are trying to get home and they have to run into conflict so conflict has to be like misunderstandings with new races and stuff and like how many of those can you do before you start recycling stuff yeah yeah you know like how many uh civilizations that you don't understand and you accidentally get thrown in jail you know right you you break um, some some law that you're unaware of that uh, gets you stuck in jail but i mean yeah. here they don't even really explain they don't get into any of that you know like because the right, setup which, is they're right in prison yeah you know I, i'll be honest with you i didn't hate this episode i actually kind of liked it yeah um i think it's still so i think it suffers from the the same ending problems that they've been having lately except i think the last scene and this is actually pretty good um with uh uh, tom and harry Harry, yeah walking away going to get steaks or whatever yeah (laughs) (laughs) with wild rice i like this order order a big cut of steak and a glass of water and just dump it all over the stick um I, I actually liked that scene. Uh, I thought that was the kind of scene. Like, I was I was 100% sure that the last scene was going to be the scene in the sick bay when Tom's like, well, who cares about what happened? I'm fine now. Let's go get let's go get food. Right. And, and, you know, which is how the last few kind of have been ending. But this one actually kind of, like, brought it back around. Um, and I liked, uh, you know, I, I liked some of the stuff in it. I, I liked the idea... They kind of it really kind of loses its steam once they kind of have to figure out how to get out of the situation. It does, yeah. Because I really liked, I thought Janeway, I really liked Janeway in this episode. I really liked the, you know, how assertive she was and and dealing with the other guy and stuff, and how uh, when they pick up the the father and daughter and the daughter calls her a coward, she shoots her this like icy stare, <laughs> and then is like, "Would you please?" draw these two a nice bath and get them a warm meal <laughs> we can uh, do, do we want to i mean yeah because i actually don't like janeway in this episode oh really so, okay. yeah uh, um i guess it's worth sticking on her for a little bit before we get into it so the janeway problem to me is that uh it's kind of in line with everything that's been wrong with janeway to this point which is that i think that janeway is very confusing as a character in this episode yeah and i don't really understand where she ever stands on something because the show doesn't bother explaining what her mindset is as she takes these Mm. stands so first of all she won't violate starfleet norms right in the typical like everything is morally relative idea of like this early 90s star trek stuff she she can't judge the other society right Mm -hmm. and then she won't do she won't do a prison break she she'll like refuse to do that she she doesn't want to violate these sort of norms of what this society is, so she she doesn't want to upset the apple cart in that way. But then she basically blackmails the other aliens into helping her. Yeah. Saying that she's going to send them to this prison that she knows is terrible unless they help her get them out. And then she's not really interested in helping the prison at all. So it's like she doesn't... I, I never find like she is brought to a point where I understand why she has suddenly flip-flopped in this way and is willing to violate the 
the rights of these other aliens in order to get her people back, where she took such a strong stand about having a strong like ethical guide at the start of the episode. And the show doesn't mm-hmm. explain that, why she feels that way. And I feel that there's a story in how she could, but instead it just comes across as kind of confusing and that she does whatever is necessary to get to the end of the story and to fix things. And it's, uh, it's, um, I think it makes her seem wildly inconsistent as a character and what she's trying to get out of things. Well, I would actually kind of prefer it if this was her character because mm-hmm. I I like the idea of someone who is going to do things. You know, she's in the situation where she's trying to uphold the Starfleet values, but at the same time, she's not going to fucking leave these guys here on a technicality. Right. So she's going to go through the proper channels, and if that doesn't work, you know, she got to blackmail a couple people to get break into a prison why you know we're we're taking off at warp nine in the other direction we don't give a shit mm-hmm. uh like i i kind of would like it more if that was actually her character where she's like i'm gonna do my best to do this the right way but if that doesn't work i'm still getting my people back yeah without without causing a galactic incident right i, but, I agree I, would, I agree with that in principle i think that yeah, that's kind of yeah. interesting i don't know how well it works in the execution of this episode where i feel sure. at the end she doesn't at the end, it just feels like she wildly flip-flops and is cruel to these people that I don't, I don't really know if they deserve that level of cruelty. And mm-hmm. it doesn't hit me in a way that like some of the better decisions other characters have made in other episodes have really felt like it was something emotionally tumultuous for that character to decide to do that. Yeah, I don't think they, pre- I don't think they present it as being such. Yeah. And I, don't, I don't necessarily know if they have to. Um, but doesn't it doesn't it just conflict with how like going from such a rigorous standard of how you act to the opposite yeah. of that seems like it needs to be explained to me. Yeah. I actually I mean I I don't disagree. I think I think maybe one of the things wrong with this is is oddly enough there's probably not enough room for both of these stories to happen in in as satisfying a way as we might want them to. Yep. Um because like I love the idea of you know, he climbs up the the old chute there, uh, and gets to <laughs> it gets to the end, and it turns out that they're on like a floating space station. Like that's really interesting in and of itself. It was, yeah, um, yeah. but like, there's no time to explore any of the like they just uh, they essentially did this plot line on Andor, and they spent like four episodes here f- explaining stuff and like digging into things. Yeah, um, in this one, like, I don't even I don't even totally understand how they got them out really like i i know that they docked the ship onto the onto the 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 top of the the slide but still it's like it's so quick they don't get into anything as far as what this thing is or and i I guess it's personal preference whether or not you need that yeah um but like i don't know like personally i don't think i don't think as far as the 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 civilization or the setup. I don't think that they give you too little information, but I do think that there is some sort of connecting tissue missing when they go from Janeway being like, we can take Neelix's ship. It's still in the thing. They'll never see us. And then all of a sudden, her and Tuvok just slide down the ramp with guns blazing. <laughs> like, I feel like there's a step missing there. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, My, yeah, I mean, the... Well, I, I won't interrupt that point at that point. I, I, I agree that there's a there's probably a disconnect between the two stories in a way that makes it actually sa- kind of satisfying. I, I think that the biggest problem 
for her sliding down in that sequence is that what I really love about the prison storyline in this one is that I think it's, again, for 80% of it, I think this is a really interesting thematic story about uh, life and transcendence. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're actually going for this as the point of what the script is, but I think everything works in that way. Yeah. And yeah. the problem with Janeway sliding down the chute is that it's too literal of a thing on this th- metaphorical story that's going on. Right. Why, did, right. why didn't she just beam in instead of sliding down the chute? You know, like there's, there's right. no... It, it breaks that moment. And what I really love about the Tom and Harry storyline is that it's a... Um, as I mentioned before on different podcasts, I've been reading a lot of like the, uh, the Greek Stoic philosophy. And the entire point of this is that... Being in prison is the metaphor for life, which is that you're sort of being consumed and torn apart by these desires and sort of like the violence of the world around you and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And the only way to get around all those problems is through this sort of uh, Vulcan-esque, well-considered of like living in a calm mind, like Marcus Aurelius says the line, like the closer a man comes to a calm mind, the closer he is to true strength and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so if they can get past this sci-fi con- conception or this little trapping that they have, this little device that drives them crazy, it's like how you deal with through the troubles of life is by approaching it through the way that this sort of Zen um, or this this uh, this like prophet character, I think his name is Zio or Zio uh, down yeah. there. And what the shoot is, is like shoot is the shoot is literal transcendence. Like if you can get out of this place, you'll climb the shoot and you'll be free at that point. And right. it, it's very much metaphorical in that sense of transcendence. The problem is I really love all that stuff. I love the shot where the guy is talking and Harry's in the background and the light behind the guy just becomes a halo as he starts yeah. talking. <laughs> was, it was good. It was a bit on the nose. It's on the nose. Shot. Yeah. <laughs> the thing with all those on the nose shots is that like, it's such a fine line between on the nose and you'd miss it if it wasn't that obvious. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that Zio or Zio character, do you remember how his name is pronounced? Is it Zio or Zio? I have, I have no idea. Anyway, the crazy preacher character who's got the manifesto, who's basically Ted Kaczynski. I uh, can't believe he survived. As soon as he was, as soon as he was like, I want to give you my manifesto, I was like, oh, that guy's <laughs> fucking dead. <laughs> well, he's. Where the episode goes bad for me again, where I was I was really into it, but where it goes bad for me is where Zio, after Harry is about to attack uh, Paris, he pulls him aside and he's like, hey, forget all the calm mind shit. You should kill people who yeah. are in yes. your way. And I was like, that's entirely against the point that they were making with this guy. Like, why are they undermining this character in this way? And he just becomes... At that point, Harry's like, oh, you are crazy. And I was I was saying the whole episode, this guy shouldn't be crazy because mm. Harry should think he's crazy, but he actually understands some sort of deeper meaning of life that Harry does not understand at this point and that like he actually right, understands yeah. things. But they play him as a crazy man with a manifesto who's just like, you have to kill everybody now because the minute he gets in here, he's going to take you. And it all goes downhill for there for me because I thought everything that they had been doing before that, which was really uh, metaphorical and interesting, immediately gets turned on. This is how you close out a Star Trek episode, and this is the way it has to go. Yeah, making him crazy feels like a cop out. Like I understand the the impetus to do it, but um, I I I get I, I feel like there was more there. 
it would have been more interesting if if like maybe Harry actually took the manifesto out with him or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that way, like you've whereas he's not escaping the prison, his his words are or something. Um. But yeah, I think I think turning him into a crazy person is, is a cop out and is not necessary. He's so so much uh, more of an interesting character than that. Yeah. Like, yeah. and he needs to be because, like, for me, this episode is pretty much just a straight like high two if that character doesn't exist in it really because right, he's yeah. the entire driving motivation of what's going on in the prison because if you don't have that and you don't have him it reminds me very much of what the enterprise prison episodes are which is just how do we get out of here like what are right, we dealing yeah. with and how do we escape and the only reason that it becomes interesting is if you add that character with that pers- uh, with that perspective and Harry has to talk to him yeah cuz i mean ultimately the thing that he the thing that that final scene has with Harry and, and, and Paris is Harry trying to be like, you don't understand. I tried to kill you. And I mean, Tom is kind of the one who brushes it off, but he's brushes it off in a way where he's like, you know, you're my best friend. I, I know that you would have done blah, 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 that kind of stuff. And I feel like that kind of, that being the point of the episode is kind of uh, a little bit rote to me. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because... Because you go through this whole thing about being um, losing your mind and trying to calm yourself and driving it you driving you to, to to commit murder and possibly commit murder and uh, like you're saying there's there's a whole sensibility argument that they're trying to make here that they really kind of undo it not only by making the guy crazy but even in that scene in the in the sick bay. When once again, like kind of like the last episode, the doctor explains what's going on and really dismisses it as basically kind of taking all of the um, narrative and uh, uh, circumstantial weight off of it. Yeah, by just I, yeah be- I guess. Sorry. It, it sort of removes the agency from Harry and Tom. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, like it would honestly, it would have been more interesting to me if if the uh, if the doctor pulled the thing out and he's like, yeah, I don't know what this is, but it doesn't it's not do anything. That. Yeah, it does, yeah, yeah, like right. it's it's just a sensor so they know where you are or something. Like yeah. it's not actually pumping you full of a chemical that makes you go crazy. <clears throat> like that would actually be the more interesting way to play it because then then when Harry and Paris have that conversation, Harry's now like, I was going to kill you, right. And I thought it was I was being driven that way by this thing in my head, but it was entirely me, and that's fairly frightening. And then Paris being like, you know, I know that's not you, but like that actually has more kind of emotional weight to it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think they I think they do a couple a couple too many zigzags at the end here instead of just committing to the what this they want their story to be about and kind of and let it play out. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate because there is some really interesting stuff going on. Uh, you know, shoot metaphors aside. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I think it's neat. I, um, I am both relieved and a little bit disappointed at the same time that Tuvok does not have more to do here because, yeah, ultimately what, what they're kind of saying ties into the entire setup for the Vulcans which is, again, just sort of based on like a, a weirdly watered-down stoicism idea. But it's like the Vulcans came from this kind of chaos and they discovered that they would function better if they had sort of a, if they had a clarity of thought 
to them. So they developed a mm-hmm. system of logic that they follow as their religion or their ethos or whatever. And yeah, the the, the losing of his mind, and I understand why it was done. It says on Memory Alpha that like they had to come up with a way to show the what all great prison movies have in breaking down their characters is the fact that people are stuck in the prison for two decades or whatever. Right. And yeah. you don't have that in this episode because Tom and Harry have to get back to Voyager in at most a couple days, right? They can't sure. be down there for sure. very long. So you have to give them some sort of sci-fi kick in the pants that causes them to go crazy quicker. But I agree with you that like, the thing there sh- shouldn't it should be that the device is not really actively working properly on them, and Harry's emotion and lack of clarity and lack of composure is what causes the potential danger more than it is just this chemical that's being pumped into him. It's a it's a breakdown of losing his grip on where he would actually find some kind of, kind of like solidarity and, and strength of the moment is instead replaced by his fear and irrationality in some ways. And and mm. I don't know if I need a Tuvok. I don't want Tuvok in the prison, but I feel like Tuvok could also talk to them at the end or something, and that would be a fairly interesting scene to have. Have Harry explain how difficult it was to control himself and keep <laughs> centered. And, t- and Tuvok's just like, well, welcome to my world, bitch. And <laughs> just walks away. It slaps him and walks away and goes has some, uh, some yeah. Neelix food. Yeah, like thinking about it more, it's like... <laughs> Do you really need more motivation to start slowly losing your mind than having a fucking spike in the top of your head? Like, right. <laughs> I think that's going to be, uh, you know, uh, unnerving enough and cause enough discomfort that maybe you'll lose your mind a little quicker than you would without it. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, it, it is strange that they sort of they sort of punt on everything towards the end in favor of uh, how do we get out of it? Because because you know if you if you don't punt on it. You've got Harry actually meeting someone who has a fairly affecting worldview. Yeah. And one might think, oh, maybe this would change him in some way. But they just pull the rug out from under it at the end. And it makes you kind of go, oh, yeah, okay, well, I guess nothing's really going to change when he gets back to the ship. Yeah, yeah, it's tough because I actually don't think it's a Voyager episode that needs to drastically do the wrap-up trick in this way. Like, I, I don't feel like it's one that yeah. it's stuck with no good exit that you can get out of and to have Car- Harry learn something from it, which makes it all the more frustrating that when they do the reveal and they have the doctor explain the sci-fi techniques of it and then they have a, like, I couldn't have got through this without my best friend moment, which is not really the moral of the story that they've been telling right, to that yeah. point. It, it doesn't feel necessary. I feel that Harry should have had more conversations with Zio he should have taken something from it. The manifesto should have been continued on, even if you don't exactly know what it is. There should have been some sort of like, even I don't think you even know what happens to Zio at the end, right? He's just he's he's not around in the ending, um, right? Yeah, like like I think a more arresting ending would have been if you know they come. So for whatever reason, they can't beam in, right? So they got to go out through the shoot, and so Janeway or whoever shows up or however you end up getting them out, and they start to make their way towards the chute and everybody starts kind of like clamming around them. And then Zio reaches out with his papers and Harry grabs them yep. as he's being pulled up the chute. And like, you can see Zio actually like happy. Like you see him overcome right. with emotion. Yeah. That kind of thing. Like that would have been really 
uh, really effective, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, the decision to make that character a villain instead of a crazy person who clearly becomes the right-minded person in the setting yeah. um, is unfortunate. I, and, and it's a turn that, I again, I don't really understand why that was necessary. I, I don't understand his shift where the writer of the script goes, this is where this character has to reveal he, he is actually crazy and Harry had him pinned dead to rights early on. Because it doesn't accomplish anything. It doesn't yeah. change anything. You know, I was going to make a joke about uh, about wishing there was a scene where he ha- Zio hands him the manuscript and he and Harry goes, "I uh, I can't read this. I don't know what any of this says." Um, but I was but I was thinking actually, you you would have had a, a nice button if you had him take the papers out and then back on Voyager. He's looking at them or something, and, and Tom says, what, what does that stuff say? And he says, oh, this is going to sound really cheesy, but uh, if he says, I don't know, I can't read it, but I understand it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. that, that's like the end of your episode kind of thing. Yeah, it, it's because um, he, he is a uh, – Kaczynski wouldn't have been caught by this point, I don't think, right? Like, But he is a um, – I, I that, is, see, that is true. They might be punting on the manifesto guy because of when was Kaczynski? <laughs> hold on, you know, you know. I feel like I feel like it was around this time, maybe before this time. Ted Kaczynski. When was he caught? He was. Oh, he published the. So he's published his thing in the paper in ninety five, ninety six. He was arrested. So is is the inspiration Kaczynski? So I maybe I don't know. So, so the problem there is that it's definitely in the zeitgeist at that point. Yeah, he would have been. Talk, I, I, he kind of looks like him. He, you don't really get the sense that he was some sort of bomber. I don't know if they ever explained what Zio did beyond being part of this political group or whatever. But yeah, like the the thing that's interesting about Kaczynski is that um, obviously a horrible sociopath person. But his manifesto is actually kind of interesting. Like what he wrote about is oh like, boy, you know, the, the, like go. the. The dehumanization of technology. Who, what stuff. other monsters from history do you think actually had some good ideas, Wes? <laughs> I'm sure they'll do. Kaczynski's manifesto is a very interesting uh, concept. He's clearly a crazy mm-hmm. person, but he accurately predicted what the rise of like the mid 2000s internet was going to do to people. Um, oh, really? I mean, he, actu- he accurately predicted that it's sort of like it's a dehumanizing system that's going to cause us to uh, be antagonistic with each other. It's going to tear people apart. It's not living in harmony with nature or whatever he considered. He was kind of like a, like a Luddite or whatever, the anti-technology people. But he might have gone too far with it, but he wasn't totally... It wasn't a batshit crazy thing that he wrote, is the point, I guess. Well, he only said that because it took him forever to download the Phantom Menace trailer. Yes. and he's, He kept losing his connection. <laughs> and so it kept timing out in the middle and he just couldn't watch it is incredible he wasn't gonna go, he wasn't gonna go to see meet joe black to see that, that shit <laughs> incredibly bad connection in montana at the time and it was infuriating to him i think zio could have been zio if you want to do the kaczynski thing maybe it was too soon when that was happening and he was being arrested and stuff and you couldn't portray it as a uh, i don't know if the, the unibomber is not sympathetic but you couldn't take an idea of like the idea of a, a seemingly crazy person who has some sort of weird insight into how the world works, which is where I think the Zio character was headed and where I was really happy with the episode that they was going to do that. But then they punt on it and say, actually, he is just kind of crazy and he's not worth listening to 
when prior to that he had some interesting things to say. Yeah, yeah. It's too bad. I, I don't know. It, I was thinking about um, him as a character being like, and I, I feel like in my head I was like, I feel like there's something similar that I'm, I'm conjuring up, and I, I'm pretty. It's, it's Joel Gray's character in that episode where he plays the he pretends to be an idiot yes yeah where they're wrongfully imprisoned what's it? there's something wrongfully imprisoned in that yeah episode. it's like his daughter's his yeah. da- he thinks his daughter's in prison but his daughter's been dead for like 15 yep. years or whatever yep like i i, I feel like it's kind of similar in, in a certain vein to that except uh it turns out joel gray is just completely insane yes um but th- but, but, yeah, but it, that's touching in a different way like cause, right because yeah. that's about the dedication to a cause that is not based in reality at that point. And mm-hmm. th- what they do to that character in that episode is not pull the rug out from under him. They right. honor his right. character appropriately, even though he turns out to be wrong in some important ways. He's right in another way, which is where the whole crux of the episode sits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. It's too bad that they didn't uh, lean into a bit more because I, I do think there's some interesting stuff going on. And... uh yeah, I, th- I feel like a lot of these episodes for me have been just like just off the mark yep. for what they're trying to be about. And it's, it's I act- again, I actually enjoyed this one. Um, I, th- I thought there was enough interesting stuff going on that I kind of could overlook. So, like, I didn't really feel bored at any point in this. No, really. It wasn't like an up and down journey. It was a very up and down for me. When it yeah. started, I was like, oh, fuck, a prison planet. And then- <laughs> I also had that reaction. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you know, once they kind of got into things, I was I was kind of like, okay, I see what's going on here. You know, you've got the uh, the uh, Paris getting stabbed was interesting, and Harry trying to fend everybody off, and succumbing to the implant was really cool. I actually thought trying to escape through the shoot was the most boring part. Yeah, um, but it did allow him to talk to Zio, and you, you get the the fun thing where they see that they're in space and stuff. Yeah. Um, why Why is there a shoot in that? situation i don't know like i was thinking that myself where i was like i feel like if this is the situation this is gonna first of all it took them that couldn't have been longer than like a child's slide at a playground because it did not take him long to to (laughs) shimmy up that thing and i i feel like if this were in most other sci-fi things that shoot is like hundreds and hundreds of feet long i thought Um, i thought the shoot I thought the reveal of it's a space station was a twist that was completely damaging to what was going on in the story. Because if, oh, interesting! If the shoot was they were actually stuck underground, it's like I, I both a think that that is a well on a technical level. I don't understand if it's a space station why it has a shoot once you make that reveal. Like, what is the point of having that? Why does it exist? Because you could just beam people into and out of the thing. Or dock the ship and put people into it. So, well, I guess they dock the ship on the side, and they want to make it fun for everybody. Fun, so make it fun, but but the prisoners also think that they are underground for some reason. Right. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know why that why that would be the case. So I just think that it it works better as a metaphor if it's literally about clawing up from the depths of despair. And yeah, like if there was a giant, if they were inside a giant hole and like they could see the top of it. Right. And, but and like there there was a rope that hanged hung down from the top of it and like you could try to jump between the ledges to climb out but no one's ever made it no and so you know you one keep guy trying it. and it's one guy made it yeah and then he came back and burned gotham city to the ground <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps harry could 
uh, break his back and have an old Tibetan monk just punch it back into position, and he would be yeah. Able to I mean, along. you know, there's there's lots of uh, contemporary things going on in this episode. They were ahead of their time. <laughs> I think it works better as a metaphor that I thought that the reveal of being a space station just uh, undid. A while yeah, I I think I think it's a good twist for a twist's sake. But yeah, I would agree that I think if you're going for like thematically, it's probably not as interesting. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, what you are essentially doing in that, if you are talking thematically, is you're having this discussion about, you, you have this um, metaphorical exit uh, that you that is placed in front of you, um, that you have this idea that if you if you make it to the top, then you can you free yourself. Yeah. And then you make it to the top, and you can't free yourself. It's that's kind of it's kind of cynical if you're looking at it thematically, where it's like, yeah, you could do your do the best that you can with your with uh, centering yourself and shit, but it's not going to do you any good because right. you're still stuck here. You're still yeah. So you, right, the getting to the solution of your problem doesn't prove to be the answer to your troubles at all. It's just right. a, a shifting yeah. of problems. I I feel it's the kind of episode that should not show. Um, not that it shouldn't show the rescue, but like it's the kind of episode where climbing up the chute is the final shot of the scene, or, or like you see them just breaking out of the top side of it, and mm-hmm. that's the end of the episode. You know, it does it once it once, as we said at the beginning, it, like once Tuvok water slides down and starts blasting people, it no longer has that allegory to it. It's just a literal slide that they have to go up. Yeah, yeah. If I think it. I think it. It would have been better if instead of, instead of having them slide down and blast people, maybe it was just like Tuvok and Janeway are at the top of it. Right. Yeah. And then they had to. I, could, I mean, I guess then you start asking questions like, well, how did they pull Paris up through that fucking thing? But, <laughs> but I, I think it doesn't matter because I, no. I think I think narratively it still wor- it works better, and it it's uh, thematically satisfying. Yeah. Agreed. All right, that's it for the shoot. Or just just dump a, instead of sliding down there, just drop some phasers down and, and let him shoot his way out. Yeah, or a communicator or something, you know, and they right, can, they yeah, can talk yeah. to him down there, something something like that. I think that that would be the answer. So let's go to patron thoughts. If you are a supporter of the show and you enjoy the content, you can go to patreon.com slash the Penske file. A couple bucks gives you extra stuff, extra podcasts. You also get the ability to leave thoughts about upcoming episodes. I'm going to close you know, Chad Kaczynski's face right now. There you go. <laughs> you know what I would have taken to? So if you want to keep the the space thing, right? So what if he goes up there and he's like, well, you know, uh, we can't get out because we're in space, but this magical sonic screwdriver pipe that I have here, uh, <laughs> if I if I cross the wires, I can turn it into a homing beacon or some yes. shit, you know? Yeah. And then he leaves that up at the thing, and that's what brings, that's what helps yeah. them find, you know, that kind of thing. Yep. Instead of, because basically, because having choke, choking it out of a 12 year old girl, the information about where this prison is, <laughs> is not quite as thematically uh, tight, let's say. And um, you always need a tight shoot. Um, the, the, <laughs> the lead alien, I thought that this was interesting. So, uh, on Memory Alpha, there's the two aliens that are in the ship uh, that Janeway runs into. It was mm-hmm. originally just supposed to be the little girl who oh, said all that dialogue, but they thought it was too jarring to have a girl be that cruel and say all those mean things. So they added a brother character who was older who would say those things to Janeway. Um, huh. Makes for a redundant female sister character, but also... Yeah, it really 
takes an interesting female character and turns it into a cliche female character. Yeah, and it just yeah, it just adds another dude there. Um that's also uh the actor is um Clell Watson from the pilot of Deadwood, which is interesting. He's the guy in the opening scene. Oh yeah, it's um James Parks. Mike, yeah, Michael Parks' son. Michael Parks is uh uh he was in a lot of Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez stuff. Oh, okay. He played uh, uh I, forgive me Twin Peaks fans if I get this wrong but I think it was Jacques Renault mm-hmm. on Twin Peaks which is hilarious because I think he's very much an American and he does like this French Canadian this American French Canadian accent in yep. Twin Peaks which is pretty which is something else but uh <laughs> here's the sun fuck you um <laughs> let's go to patron thoughts and Kyle Barrett is first I'm gonna open up the little discord window to get you there I do have to look it up now because I'm, I'm not going to feel right if I got that wrong. Sure. I'll read the first one while you do that. Kyle Barrett says, after two seasons of struggling to tell stories about Tom Paris, they put him in a prison and completely ignore the fact that he used to be a prisoner on Earth and would have opinions about such a thing that would grant deeper character insight. Instead, it focuses on Kim for yet another wrongful conviction story, a Voyager favorite. The prison as some social experiment dumping ground is fine, I guess, but there's no subtlety or depth to be found. The indoor prison arc, this is not. At least the final scene is quite sweet, and Chris Pine's dad shows up as the ambassador. Two Papa Pines oh. out of five. I didn't know that. That's fun. Did you That's find the good. answer to your question? I did. Uh, he's not Jacques Renault. He's Jean Renault, which I believe is Jacques Renault's brother. Gotcha. Uh, and not Jean Renault, the actor from The Professional. Right. A different Jean Renault. Okay. Spelt differently. Spelt differently. <laughs> Norman Buckle says the shoot this one is actually quite good Wayne gets room to act beyond wooden and a gripping story although they should have at least took Mr. Conspiracy Guy who was a help and dropped him off at his planet four food drops out of five Tax Bear is our next comment and I'll send it to you the shoot a decent setup and a good opportunity for Harry Kim to step out of his usual boundaries a bit. However, I have the feeling that they cut conspiracy theorist Marxist revolutionary guy's subplot a bit short. I assumed he would be key to resolving the plot here, but in the end, he's just dropped without fanfare. True. And also, do you think it was like on purpose that, do you think in the writer's room they were like, okay, let me pitch you this episode. We open. Harry, Harry, the fuck is his name? Harry Kim. <laughs> It's dumped down this slide, and then a bunch of dudes just beat the shit out of him for like five minutes. <laughs> the end. Roll credits. Even Tom Paris gets in on the action of just assaulting yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. It's not um, not a gripping Fight Club sequence or anything like that. Unfortunately. So, like, do they um? Is there ever a good reason why Tom Paris pretends not to know him from the start? Uh, I, th- I was wondering that too. Like it's, it's a, it's a ruse that they don't keep up past that opening scene. Yeah. I not that it doesn't just, make sense, but yeah, it does, but they don't, tr- they don't go out of their way to try and explain. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Million says the shoot yet another Star Trek episode taking place in a prison or penal colony. Up to this point, the Paris Kim relationship has been one of big brother, little brother with Paris watching out for Kim. Here it flips after Paris gets stabbed. While I found the episode rather bland, I did appreciate the ending where Kim is clearly troubled by some of his thoughts and actions while in captivity. Paris, with much experience in being imprisoned, gives Kim a different way of looking at the experience. Two pieces of food thrown down the chute out of five. You know, I did actually really like 
how much they give you without giving you that much as far as the the circumstances go. Yeah. Because, you know, Janeway only talks to that guy a couple times, but from there you get this idea that they are um, arresting people and throwing them in jail without real trials and, like, they, they are operating under a system where even if they were wrong, they were right. Yeah. And like, it's... I, I, I found the... Uh, fascistic nature of of what they were doing here way more legitimate and believable than uh al from quantum leaps yeah yeah same idea in uh in enterprise agreed so what's do you think they give you any information on the political group they call them some something i don't remember what the name of that group is but the two aliens on the ship that janeway talks to are part of this political organization that seems to be being Mm -hmm. targeted and locked up um i oh i was just gonna say i i don't i don't really think they give you a ton but again i think it's it's accurate to the situation that janeway is in yeah because all she has to go on is the ruling government and the people that are fighting against it and she's kind of got to make her decisions about what to do based on that and uh whether or not that's the right thing to do is you know very subjective but well, I, I, and i think that that ties into my janeway problem right which is that yeah. i'm just through like narrative reps i kind of would have expected that this political group is actually the righteous correct morally correct ethically upstanding group in this situation right. and that the government is this fascistic group that's trying to stomp them out of existence right yeah. so it's weird to me that janeway doesn't exactly never asks what do you people believe <laughs> like and when when she betrays them, I'm like, damn, that's cold, Janeway. Like maybe they're actually the best. It's it's like it would be like selling out like civil rights activists or something like that, and being like, I need to yeah. get my people out. So fuck you, you need to go. But I I don't know if the script ever gives you a sense of whether or not that political group is one with good intentions or bad. Even though I, I it it's kind of bred into me to expect them to be good, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, well that's what I kind of find interesting about it as as a character thing for her if this is like the kind of character she was consistently. Mm. Cuz she is someone who is if she is presented with an injustice, she's going to go out of her way to to try and and uh reconcile right, it yeah. or remedy it. Um but she almost purposely doesn't get involved here where she kind of understands what's going on and her focus is getting harry and tom back yes and like she doesn't really have time she doesn't she or she doesn't have time or chooses not to hear the plight of the of the offending party yeah um which i think is actually very interesting but again it's not super (laughs) it's not very consistent with her character it's kind of she treats she treats revolutions like potato chips right like as long as she doesn't open the bag She's not going to eat one, but if she opens the bag, she's got to eat the whole bag. Yeah, I, I feel in prior episodes, Janeway has gone out of her way and risked the crew to do the morally right thing, right? Yeah. And I don't know if this episode ever convinces me that rescuing Tom and Harry is worth that compromise on herself. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of go out of their way in the story, too, to not get... Because, I mean, that's such a big... That's like a whole gigantic fucking story in and of itself, right? Like... Yeah. My argument would be don't even do it then. Like, don't have that Janeway story stuck onto the the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I agree with you that there's room for that story. Maybe it doesn't have enough time to breathe here. But 
I, I still personally think that that's a sort of variation of something that's been done in Star Trek before. Well, the, the prison planet has definitely been done. I thought that the, their take on it with Harry and Kim was the more interesting novel approach for this uh, story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan J.K. Moore says, The shoot, the only episode Garrett does some nice acting in the series. Episode reminds me of the Chris Lambert film Fortress with the concept of a prison, but with the drama between Tom and Harry being more earnest. Three out of five. Chris, huh? First name, short name basis with him. <laughs> for, for Christopher. Christopher. Chris Lambert. As, as uh, Ace Ventura once said, do you know him? Does he call you at home? <laughs> <laughs> Jaron Hatch. Here's the next comment for the shoot. Yeah, I know some people call this one yet another Voyager slash Enterprise episode where characters are unjustly in prison, experience the horrors of incarceration for a day, and break out in an uninspired action scene. My answer to them is to say, but did all those other episodes have a shoot? <laughs> they did. 2.5 <laughs> alternate titles that could have just as easily been The Clamp, The Pipe, <laughs> The Boots and the Manifesto out of five. Which is your favorite of those titles? I like the Manifesto. That would have been my my go-to. Yeah, that probably... The pipe is yeah, the weirdest part of this episode, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's... The fact that they keep calling it a pipe, yeah. too. Because <laughs> it's, clearly, it's clearly more complex than a pipe. It, where, where did he get it from? Do they explain? He just seems to have it. At I some yeah, point. I have no idea. I couldn't. I just couldn't stop thinking about the Aqua Teen Hunger Force bit when they're on the the ship with the uh, the spiky guys, Emery and uh, Oglethorpe or yeah. whatever his name <laughs> yeah. are. And the guys in uh, they go, "Do you have any of those space age tubes?" And he goes, "Oh, you mean a pipe?" He's like, "Yes, a pipe." <laughs> <laughs> you mean pipes? I, I think I'm. I don't think I'm misremembering. But when he meets Zio, and Zio's like, "I want that pipe." Yeah. <laughs> but it's you like, finish that pipe? <laughs> why? Why does he want it? I don't. I don't understand. He's going crazy. He's got the clap. Changeling says the shoot. It really does. It really did make this take on a whole different sense. When I kept, I kept hearing. It's the clap, and I'm like, well, I mean, it does. Tom does look like he's dying from syphilis, so he would be the type. Mor- I can't do the Morgan Freeman voice, but he says Morgan Freeman voice. I wish I could tell you this was a good episode, that it wasn't as trashy and hacky as the fanfic this episode inspired. But I'm afraid Voyager is no fairy tale world. Normal voice. All right, I just want to make things clear that this episode is not about Harry and Tom in a gay relationship. It's just about two men that care for each other, fiddling with their pipe, trying to get up a tight hole. Two, I wish I could quit use out of five. Did you see that clip or the quote from uh, Cole Meany about O'Brien and... uh, Bashir? Bashir? No. Where he said something to the effect of like, I guess they were asking him about the relationship between them. And I think he answered something to the effect of, yeah, I kind of hope they were gay. We didn't ever get into it, but Mm. I kind of assumed they were. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What about Keiko? Calm. What about her? It makes sense with the way he hated his family. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, I, I just see it. That it's a natural fit. They were holding him back from his, uh, his true self. Patrick Seba says, I'm stuck in this prison for food. I'd give tons. Well, maybe not pinto beans. Don't need the runs, but tis not the tripe waking Kim at night. It's Tom's fresh, hot white virus slid right in his buns I think, I think i fucked something up there but i think there's a typo in the phrase too because it didn't translate it uh, appropriately 
Three lukewarm piri piri chickens out of five. What were those blocks they were eating? They looked like um, uh, Weatherford's caramels, big ones. Pure heroin? It looked like a big block of pure heroin. They didn't get the chance to bite into any of them, unfortunately. No, they didn't get any food. Imagine if they bit into one and the hair is like, all right, I get it. I understand why you'd kill somebody for this. It's pretty good. It's pretty tasty. Like, has anybody ever considered that? Like, imagine having a prison that just has, like, absolutely fantastic food. Right. I bet it would go a long way. Yeah, a prison's so good, people would kill to get there. Right, yeah. It's a twist. Um, What if everybody, there's a prison, everybody gets a PS5? Right. Those, those were hard to get. Prison yeah. demand has gone down now. Everyone can just get it on the outside, but if you want to get they, in there. That's why they were hard to get. They were all going to the prison system. That's fair. Uh, he talks about pinto beans. Um, as reading a book that I was saying back in the old days, they used to call beans um, unreliable friends or something. It was this weird... It was this weird nickname for beans, and they said because they do most of their talking behind your back, which I thought was a hilarious <laughs> pun. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> um, Patrick, uh, so Grappler John Zorn is here. I'll send the comment to you. So the plot comes to fruition when Harry uses his special pipe so he can squeeze himself up a great big shoot to make Tom feel better. Mm-hmm. It's pretty subtle, but I managed to figure it out. More interestingly, the head alien was in chips with Michael Dorn. Hmm. Even more interestingly, Neelix's ship looks like the shitty Battlestar Galactic I made out of Legos <laughs> when I was nine. Lots of interesting stuff here. Um, another two. There we go. Tremendously interesting. Point Extra G says, the shoot, this may be the epitome of a bland, mediocre episode. I like what they're trying to do, but your average DS9 O'Brien Must Suffer episode does it better. It's interesting to see Neelix's shuttle again. I'd kind of forgotten it was there. It seems odd we went to the third season without it showing up again at some point. You would have thought it would have been useful somewhere before now. It's quite. A, it's got quite a big interior on <clears throat> Neelix's ship. The shoot? The shoot. Um, I was kind of hoping uh, Chakotay, when Janeway <laughs> talks about uh, having Neelix's ship in the cargo bay, I was kind of hoping he'd be like, we've been wasting all of our own shuttles and we had this ship in there the whole time. <laughs> How many shuttles have we lost? Not only to have Neelix's uh, ship hanging around waiting for the rescue. Final comment from Brandon. Neil Howell says, not many people know this, but the word shoot is spelled and pronounced shit, which sums up this episode very succinctly. One bowl of Leola root stew out of five. Thanks, everybody. On the other hand, if you put an N and a Y on the end, you have chutney. So, Uh, yeah, you do. Chutney is chutney is the spice that this episode brings to to the comments. I don't like chutney. I don't think. If I'm thinking, I don't think I've had it enough to really have an opinion of it. Yeah, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just not having the right stuff. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for supporting the show. Thank you for leaving your thoughts, patrons. On this one. I what, will say it does affect your pipe, though. What, I will say the average score was uh, a little, maybe like a 2.5 from the patrons. I think that that's where we worked out to be. A lot of twos in there, a couple higher scores. What are you going to give this one on our scale of one to five? I'll go three. I liked it. Okay. Yeah, it was um, it was trending into four territory for me for a while. It, yeah, it, was, a, it was a weird four 
where I was like, this is the most boring four I think I might give this yeah. series. <laughs> and like it, it's a it's a weird episode in that like watching it, I wouldn't say I was enthralled by it, but I was like, man, this is really trying to say something. This is really about something. But I I hate the trappings of the prison planet episode, and it's really bothering me. But still, I'm really enjoying this. And then once they once Zio flips and becomes just a crazy person, then they have to escape. It's just like oh, it's just a three. I was mistaken for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'll give it a three as well. Two threes for the shoot. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show today. We'll be back next week with the next episode, which I think is called like False Prophets, or maybe it's Remember. Remember, I guess. Um, Patreon.com slash the Penske file. Clay, do you have anything you want to say? Check out that Patreon. Follow Amanda and I as we dive into the obscenity and the atrocities and the lewdness of the video nasties list where we'll be covering such awful films such as Dario Argento's Inferno, mm-hmm. which is so brutal. It's not, that, it's, not, it's not that brutal. I don't know why that one's on there, honestly. It's a weird list, and they started banning strange films over there in England. So Let's Taking swings. I, w- I was hoping you were going to um, bring it back to some sort of video rental metaphor where you used to return your videos down to shoot you'd drop them in the little thing oh yeah yeah no those were the days huh? those were the days not the op it was the opposite uh kind of shoot it was a <laughs> it was a farewell shoot instead of a shoot me to the stars i'm sure that there is an an episode out there somewhere in the multiverse that is about a bunch of vhs tapes trying to get out of the return slot <laughs> You can tell how many are in there by how long it took for them to hit the bottom. You say, oh, these videos are right up to the top. That's true. That's true. Yep, remember, it's the next episode. Check out the Patreon. Clay and Amanda are going through their video nasties currently. I think we might be in like February by the time time this episode comes out, so we're a ways away. But that's it. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time.